On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, we're doing something new. We're doing something funky. We're doing something requested by the fans. That's right. You all put in the request, and we came through. It's time for our first ever questions from the Cantina cast. Cue the music. Everyone, welcome back to, as you heard, a brand new special type of cast. It's not just a special topic cast. It's a whole new type of cast. And we, we got to give the fan credit who, who gave us this idea and demanded it from us. We like that. You know, we like when our fans are forceful and tell us what they want. We get it. We're here to entertain. We're not here to bore. We're here to entertain. But anyways, Star Wars Black Series 2019 on IG one day slid into our DMs like, hey, you guys ever considered doing something like a like a cantina cast? I'm like, what, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, you know, like fans would ask you questions and you guys would answer them live on the show. And I was like, you know what? That's actually a pretty great idea. I mean, we're, we're not big enough to where we have a, a switchboard yet to where we could actually take live calls. That'd be fucking rad. Maybe one day. Goals, right? But, you know, we, we put out messages on IG, Facebook, whatever, soliciting questions from the fans. And, and the questions could be anything. Preferably Star Wars related, but it's essentially the Star Wars Time Show's AMA, Ask Us, or AUA, Ask Us Anything, right, Nick? So we're here. We've got about, I believe, 16 or 17 questions from people on Instagram. I guess I should have checked Facebook too, but I didn't. So maybe next time, people, if, if you did put questions out there, make sure to comment at us. Let us know that we fucked up. But anyways, we, we've we've called the questions, we've gathered them together, uh, we're just going to kind of read through them, read who dropped them, and give our replies, and we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, this is the first time we've done this, it could last 10 minutes, it could go on for two hours, you never know what happens with the Star Wars time bros. So Nick, this could get a little scary, uh, you never know what these people are going to ask, I mean, some of them are animals, but uh, I, I think this should be fun, it, it, it's a way to interact with the fan base, uh, in particular the, 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 the IG people, the toy collectors, the Star Wars artists, but it's also a good way to, <clears throat> I don't know, expose more of who we are as Star Wars fans to those of you that have decided to waste your life and your time and listen to us on the regular, so... Without further ado, my friend, let's go ahead and get into these questions. And we're going to start with the first one here. And it comes from toy.at.heart. I believe his name is Austin. Good guy. Uh, this is a good one. I mean, this, he's coming from a kind of a, a spoiler a spoiler fan take here. And he's asking us, if the rumors are true, what would you like to see in a solo series? So, I mean, what he's asking essentially you know, this one site put out there that like, hey, we know a guy and maybe uh, Solo is going to be ported to Disney Plus to finish the story of Young Han, Kira, so on and so forth. So, Nick, I'll go ahead and let you take a stab at this first. Yeah. If that is true, what do you want to see in Solo on Disney Plus? I mean, it's very obvious where they were going with the story. And, and the good thing is, is that it's so easy to pick up from where they left off. Like, you don't have to waste any time. You don't have to jump in any kind of direction, you pick directly up from where we see Han and Chewie win the Falcon from Lando. They say there's a job. It's on Tatooine from Jabba the Hutt, and then they take off. So what I want to see is 
you know, this relationship kind of blossom between Jabba and Han. I want to see, you know, the side stories continue of Kira taking over, you know, the, the, you know, what was it? The black hand, black sun. No black hand was, <laughs> was fucking Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn. That's it. That's it. Black hand. Well, was, yeah. I mean, she, she yeah, was essentially yeah. becoming Maul's top Lieutenant. I mean, exactly. Dryden was before he got taken out. So yeah, I mean, she was going to be pretty big shit up in the Crimson Dawn organization. Yeah. I mean, essentially the right hand of the leader. So, so continuing that story on, but then also, you know, these characters intersect. So seeing the way that Han deals with the betrayal on Kira's side, does he still pursue her? Does he still try to, you know, mend fences in a way? And then, of course, we had the tease of, you know, Ray Park coming back as Darth Maul at the end of Solo, seeing that character back in the flesh, seeing him fighting again, and then, you know, having... it would It's going to be odd if they do... You know, if this happens and they bring back Maul... The way that they did it in Solo was that you had Ray Park portray the character in the flesh, and then you had Sam Witwer, the guy who right. voiced uh, Maul in the cartoon series, do his voice. I mean, that would be a little odd if you had him in live action, but I would still like I mean, to that's see how it went down in Phantom Menace. That's not that's Ray not, either yeah. talking, so. True. So I, I would really like to see just the continuation of that, like particular things. I want to see... The one run that we hear Han talk about where he drops the shipment and then that's what causes all the shit with Jabba, obviously. Yeah, I mean, to me, that would almost be one of the last episodes of the series, I would think, because that pretty much directly leads into current events in A New Hope, right? So I'm with Nick here, Toy Dot at heart. Um, I I want a direct continuation. I want what we should have got in the fucking movies. If Bob Iger didn't puss out, and as we're seeing now in his book, the guy is a big pussy. He's a big shit talker. He's a big, oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda type of guy. We did too much Star Wars too fast. You know, fuck you. Fuck you. You burnt the Solos movie over fucking Mary Poppins. All right? First and foremost, let's get that straight. Mary Poppins took this movie slot, and it's why this movie got jammed down our throats after a divisive movie and the film that kind of went through some rocky production. So, screw you, Bob. You're a dickhead. <laughs> Anyways, like Nick said, totally. I, I think Maul should be the main antagonist. Jabba the Hutt would kind of still be in a gray area. He'd almost be a, a friend to Han at this point. Yeah. I mean, a, a boss friend. But someone that uh, isn't really necessarily looking to get Han quite yet. As Nick said, we would still need to see the fallout. So this series, at least the first season, if it went more than one, could tell the rise of Han and Chewie. How they got their name in the smuggling ring, the scoundrel ring. You know, I mean, at one point in time, Jabba clearly loved Han. I mean, he's one of his best smugglers. And he was, you know, essentially in that stupid special edition shit... He more or less says, like, you're my man, Han. What's going on, brother? You know, okay, I'll give you some more time. I get it just because you used to be my guy. So, uh, yeah, I want to see that type of stuff. Clearly, the Kira dynamic, we got to see the falling out here and why Han, by the time we get to A New Hope, really can't trust anybody. anybody. I mean, he doesn't want to get close with anyone. He, you can tell he's abrasive in A New Hope. He, he, he had a mask on for the most part. I mean, it really wasn't until Return of the Jedi when he finally learns that he doesn't have to compete with Luke to try and bang Leia did Han, I think, finally just be Han. The Han we met on Corellia, like just regular Han. 
not Mascon because of whatever trauma Kira does to him that we don't know yet. So, I mean, that, that's kind of what I would like to see. Yeah, totally agree. So, yeah, so great question. Love it. Hopefully, you'll hit us when we do this again next time because that, that's the idea here, people. And this isn't something we're going to do probably every month because. We really didn't get that much of a response. I mean, some of you went nuts, and we love you. You're all-stars. But we didn't get quite the uh, variety that I would have hoped for. But it's definitely something I want to keep doing. All right, next up, Nick. This one comes from the all-star of providing questions, I have to say. And this dude (laughs) dropped plenty of questions and good ones that, that range from just fandom to what's going on in the movies. So Baron Black Series is the person I'm talking about. His first question here is... Favorite toy memory related to Star Wars? So that I I, I want to hear Nick's response because <laughs> again we, we've established on this cast he's not a collector of toys. I'm not, and I didn't have a ton of my own Star Wars toys growing up, but I did have friends who had some some really cool, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, you know. go ahead and explain when you became a fan, too, because yeah. I think that plays into you not really having toys as a kid because yeah. you weren't really a kid. So my parents were never into Star Wars. Like, Matt's father got him into Star Wars. He kind of grew up with it. He saw, you know. Yeah, buddy. You know, I was in the theater in my mom's womb yeah. for Empire Strikes Back. There you go. And saw ROTJ when you were like Yes, a, sir, three a, years a old in the theater. Child. Not sure how that happened or how I lived and my dad didn't <laughs> want to kill me, but we did it. Yeah. So for me, my parents were never big Star Wars fans and really nobody in my family was. Um, Star Wars was introduced to me properly in a way that I could understand it when I was 10 years old by one of my friends in middle school. And what a tragedy. I know. So like that period of time, like when you get introduced to star Wars, when you're 10, you don't really have, you know, after you're 10 years old, you really don't have that many toys anymore. Like, you know, that's, that's really kind of for like the younger age of stuff. But I can remember being younger than 10 and going over, going over to one of my friend's house. And he had, the the Death Star kind of playset, you know, like how it opened up and you can play with all the st- like the little figures and stuff like that, and it had the different levels in it and stuff. So, um, one of my friends had that, and I can remember playing with it. But it's just like for me, and as Will Baron Black Series is the next next question. Like I don't have a great memory because I didn't really grow up with any Star Wars toys. My, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Here's my coolest Star Wars toy memory. So and it's it's from about three years ago. <laughs> nice. Um, I you know obviously Matt and I have been doing this for a long time. We love Star Wars. So about two and a half three years ago is when I got my first custom saber. I got it from Saber Forge, and it's fantastic. I mean, custom machine built, very light, very easy to handle, maneuver. Like this is a a. a, a a toy that you can use in like sparring. So if you were actually going to go out there and spar with lightsabers, this is something you could do that with. So like I just started flipping it. Like I plugged in the blade. I just started flipping it around. And like, I, that was super fun for me. Like I was like a kid. I would turn off the lights in the apartment. It would be dark. I'd light the blade up. It's, it's a red lightsaber blade. And I would just spin it around like crazy. And like, I did it so much to a point to where like, my hand, like I was peeling skin off my hands because it was, I was like spinning it around my hand and shit like that. So it, it <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like that. What was that guy? The, the lightsaber dude. Oh, that, Star you know, Wars. He was a big meme back in oh, the day. Oh yeah. That was like one of the original memes. <laughs> that fucking Star Wars Nick. Kid. 
But like that was that's probably one of my favorite Star Wars toy memories that actually meant something to me because when I was playing with these, you know, figures and this Death Star set back when I was a kid, it had no significance to me. It was just toys that I was playing with at a friend's house. But then now you know, when I when I'm old enough to appreciate the franchise and, and go out and actually order a custom built lightsaber and and, you know, swing it around because I think it's cool and it's, you know, shit like that. So that is probably my favorite Star Wars toy memory. So, yeah, I, I told you people that'd be interesting. I, I, the other, I, I got a follow up for Nick here. See, this is fun. This is where <laughs> questions can lead. Considering you were 10. When you got into this, you probably had the self-awareness that maybe being a Star Wars fan could be considered dorky in that time of your life. Did you ever feel like, man, my friend's kind of a nerd because he's into this shit? Or were you like, fuck, it looks cool, I'm down, who gives a shit? It's it's funny because prior to that, like I was into a lot of pop culture, you know, nerd type of movies already. Like I grew up loving. Okay. Yeah. Like, so yeah, yeah, you're just wired like most of us. Yeah. I mean, but I, I believe you're kind of like me where you're a nerd geek at your core, but you've learned how to navigate life and not be totally outwardly nerdy, you know, like yeah. socially rejected type of nerds. Yeah, exactly. Like I played where, where people, I mean, honestly, I, I, I have a feeling if I didn't talk about my passion for Star Wars or if people never came into my basement, they would have no clue that I was this into a science fiction property. Oh, yeah. I mean, I played sports for my entire youth. Yeah, me like, too. Like, I, I never mean. really, like, even in, like, you know, through college and stuff like that, like, obviously, I went for animation. So, like, it was right. very clear within okay. my... I, yeah, I just, I mean, you know how fucking weird people get yeah. in their in their adolescence especially right around 10 when the testosterone starts kicking in and you're looking at girls and this and that you don't want to look like a nerd i I never felt that way because to me it was normal to be a star wars fan i mean when i grew up i was like you don't like star wars what the fuck's wrong with you i mean it's like being american you you just like it because again like i said i was a fetus at the (laughs) at the movies essentially I mean, through osmosis, it sunk through my mother's placenta right into my soul. Oh yeah, you you had uh, no choice. You were yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I just want to ask because I I already see it with Charlie. I mean, shit, she's fucking three, and when she brings it up around other kids, they look at her like she's nuts. Yeah, like, I mean, for, for how could me, you be into this? This is only for boys, you know that type of nonsense. Yeah, so. for me, I, I never really had to deal with that because you know, obviously. My fam, like I tried to watch it. My family, they they didn't really care about it. But like you know, one of my good friends was into it. And then as I grew up and I moved into high school and you know started to meet people there, like generally, that you know, there, Star Wars was a favorable thing. Like people yeah. liked the series, and it was right. never like, oh, you like Star Wars, you're a fucking loser. It was just never. Star like Wars that. always had a better nerd stink to it than Star Trek. I mean, Star yeah. Trek just automatically. I love Star Trek. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the movies. I'm almost done completing my rewatch of TNG all seven seasons. It's been some fantastic TV, like sci-fi drama. I love it, but. 
it just there's something inherently nerdier in about Star Trek than Star Wars. It is, and I don't know if it like if it attracts a different type of person because Star Wars at its essence is still kind of like an action movie. Like it's still right, Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Where where Star Trek is more pure science fiction space exploration based. And maybe that's why I like it. I mean, it is so different. It's not focused on the fighting. I mean, shit the phasers are stupid yeah like they're just the and they're like <laughs> they're not even like laser guys they're just like yeah. i mean they're like proton packs or something so it's uh, i did like my dad I, I i remember when i was growing up before i even watched star wars watching star trek with my father like at night and then you know jurassic park and all of these other kind of you know oh yeah you would shit you would have been I was just four born years, when like four when the old. next generation came out. I think. Yeah. I think next year it started in eighty seven. Yeah. So I was probably watching like <laughs> TNG episodes with my dad. Just not yeah, even it's funny what was as hell. Going on. I just like Jean Luc Picard. Like, so I had kind of like taken that in through osmosis as well, like that whole culture, and then throw on top of that that like I was very into video games. Like I'm still very into video games, but like. One of my first memories growing up as a kid is playing Super Mario Brothers with my dad in my room, like on NES. And I feel like these two areas, like these two worlds of like science fiction, Star Wars type of content and video games just kind of always meet. They always go together. So even though I didn't have Star Wars exposure from when I was a kid, there was everything around me set me up to love it when I did see it. All right, I, I guess I'll get back to the original question for myself. And, and, and this was an easy one for me because I have such fond memories, obviously, of the toys. I mean, outside of the movies, that was my introduction to all this shit. I mean, that's why I am now. That, that's why I've got probably $15,000 worth of Star Wars collectibles in my basement. Uh, the toys are everything to me. I mean, toy photography now, I mean, just look look how it's morphed. But my favorite toy memory, without a doubt, is trying to sneak in and play with my dad's collection because my dad was a nutty collector. He wouldn't take shit out of boxes. He wouldn't. He would know if I even moved something a millimeter. But he collected because he would have been in his like late twenties, thirties, I believe, when this stuff was coming out in the early eighties. But there was a line even before the proper micro machine line. It, it was called the Star Wars Micro Collection, and these things mesmerized me as a as a two and three four-year-old little star wars fan i mean i loved my kenner figures sure i loved my x-wing i loved my millennium falcon toy but it was something about these micro collection sets and like i said they weren't micro machines they were just smaller versions of say an x-wing a tie fighter but they had like little pewter micro guys and you know the x-wing you could make it look like it got blown up and dude it just it just, it it just, my imagination would run wild when I would see these things. And I remember one time I, I couldn't help myself and I took one out of the box and the fucking beating I got for oh. that. <laughs> like, you know, my, my dad was a psycho. I mean, he's, he's calmed down quite a bit in his old age, but he was fucking nuts with this shit. Yeah. Like nuts. And now it's funny. I have all of it now in my house, even these micro collections. And, and to this day, I'll still go in the cubby hole, no joke, open up the box and just look at them to remind myself of that time of being a little kid, sneaking around, looking at these and just being completely amazed by these micro collection figures. Yeah. And, uh, in the post, I'll try to link to it. Starwars.com did a did a piece on it like five years ago. Uh, 
uh, it just it, it was such a cool line back then. So that's that's my <clears throat> favorite toy memory. Oh, oh! <laughs> sorry, I just had a heart attack. It's my favorite toy memory related to Star Wars. So you were so, a collector you, from birth, basically. Oh it, yeah, I mean you inherited. It, that it's from all your all my dad's fault. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I can't, I can't help myself. I mean, and I'm probably worse than him. No, nah, I'm not, because he, he would just, he turned into when it got, when he got old, he would buy anything as long as it was in the discount bin. Yeah. So that's all he looked for. So we got a bunch of bullshit Star Wars too, but we do have a lot of the classics, and the micro collection is, is hands down one of my favorite toy memories nice. because of that stuff. You know, I felt like I was doing something bad, but it was also they were just so. Uh, mind-boggling to me that wow look there's a whole hoth playset in one box oh wow yeah you yeah. know matt just said yeah, so i, I just linked link nick the deal so okay. you could see it i mean they have oh, they, wow. there's is... they're so vintage looking yeah and like i said they're not the micro machines i mean i like the micro machines too these these are a little bit different definitely the precursor for the star wars micro machine uh play sets but a little more a little little uh different little uh higher quality i would sears say sears exclusive for the falcon like think of yeah, that dude. now dude like sears is bankrupt right right <laughs> like, i tell you like that little x-wing there it had a button you could hit it and it would like it, there were strings in it so it, it would almost fold fold apart like it was getting blown up wow wow just cra- i mean dude just just fantastic little things so imagine a little three-year-old matt like Ooh. oh yeah that's... you know already a hardcore star wars junkie like oh so that there we go nice. all right uh, moving on here, I gotta get back to my questions. This could be another one from. Uh, this is Baron again. It's it. I told you he's the all star here, but we're gonna answer him. So, uh, I think that's kind of the same. It's in the same realm, so we can touch on this one quickly. Toy, toy memory relate. No, I, I guess I did do kind of a toy memory. So do you favorite Star Wars toys growing up is his next one. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be different because. To me, it, it would it would be the the Kenner three and three quarter inch figures in their vehicles. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many scene recreations and and play play dates I had with my buddies in the neighborhood when we were you know four, five, six, bring them into the sandbox, reenacting Return of the Jedi, the Sarlacc pit, all that type of stuff. So it, it was it was probably just the the action figures yeah. and, and being a little kid and playing with them in terms of my toys. So the, the Kenner line, uh, which was really the only line back then in the 80s. I mean, the Micro Machines eventually showed up, but uh, Kenner, Kenner Star Wars for sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I was mentioning before, I really didn't have... I didn't have proper Star Wars, to- Star Wars toys of my own, so anything that I played with was probably from a friend. I mean, I can't, and like, the thing is, is like, I can't really recall anything. Like we had a small, like little, you know, Death Star playset that we used to play with when we were kids. And then one of my friends um, also picked up some of the, you know, when, when the prequel started releasing, I was born in 88 TPM releases 99. So I was 11 years old. Um, my friends started getting some of the diorama play sets from TPM and stuff. I, but I just did. Yeah, I can't, I don't have any particular ones like that. It's just whatever my friends had at the time that I enjoyed playing with. Um, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to spin it and be like, okay, toys, can it be video games? Like, yeah, why not? Um, one of my favorite all time video games is star Wars, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. 
and I got that when I was probably around 15 years old, 14, 15 years old on Xbox, the original release. And like, I played that game so many, like I played that game through every iteration you could. And like, basically within that game, there was only so many different ways you could play it. Like you could play dark side, you could play light side, but it doesn't change the story like it would in KOTOR, right. you know, or something like that. Like your decisions didn't change it. It just changed the abilities that you had. So like you could use force drain and different dark side abilities. And then I also played it through with every different lightsaber type you did, you could have. So I played through with a double bladed lightsaber. I played through with two lightsabers. I played through with a single lightsaber. I loved it so much. And it was really my first immersive Star Wars game experience. Like I had played like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and stuff like that before, but it really didn't, you know, it didn't grab me the way that the story being told in Jedi Academy did because previously all that stuff was just like, it was all action games. Like you didn't, there was no significant storyline that you're playing through an X-Wing versus TIE Fighter or Battlefront 1 or anything like that. Like this game, it was the first thing that really showed me, Jedi Academy, that is, that there was an expansion of Star Wars stories outside of just the the movies. Um, and playing that game led me into the the EU novels and all of the lore right. that was okay. held there. So that's a yeah. I mean, video games are toys. Why not? That works. <laughs> all right. Up next, guess who? Baron's Black Series. Which specific figure will you always love? Um, I guess I'll leave with this because I don't think Nick yeah. can. <laughs> uh, damn it. I forget the line, but it, it kind of ignited my passion for the, the chibi aesthetic. Those of you not familiar with chibi, it's essentially big heads, little body. Think it's, bobbleheads type of deal. It's our logo. We're chibi figures. In our logo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's it's a... It's like a, a resin Boba Fett that has a very f- funky uh, design to it. Damn it. I'll have to look it up and, and link it in the post so people can see it. But it was a really badass-looking Boba Fett. It had a larger head, larger upper torso, kind of little legs, and he just had a rad pose. I mean, he looked like Boba Fett. He looked like a badass. Uh, is that my favorite? I don't know. I mean... It- as soon as I read that question, that's like right where I went to. So I guess that is my favorite. I would say that that's your favorite. Yeah, I mean, these days now that I'm getting high end with the hot toys, I mean, we could argue those are in there. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with this Boba Fett. And while Nick's kind of talking, I'll try to look up the 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 line here. But that would be my my favorite figure, if you will. It wasn't even posable, so this is like <laughs> pre getting into photography and all that. It was just. I really, really, really liked the Chibi stuff. And I, I still like Chibi a little bit, but I, I think my Funko Pop obsession completely fucked me on all that. I mean, I, I just, I can't even look at them anymore. And I have like, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred of these damn things. Uh, so there you go. So, yeah, this is going to be a hard one for me to answer, Baron, as you've seen. <laughs> I didn't really grow up in the toy, the toy realm, but, hmm, favorites... Favorite specific figure you always love. I never really interacted that much with individual figures that I can remember. I know that I've played with some, but um, specific ones that I know my friend had was 
and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Matt, but I think that at some point there was like a Boba Fett. It was probably not like a high-end figure or anything like that. It was a, there was a Boba Fett that had like a little button you could hit that you could like launch the rocket from his rocket pack, I think. Oh, I did the the original Fett that they made for the movies. It, it's worth like ten thousand dollars because of that rocket because it, it was recalled right away because kids were blowing their eyes out. So like all this stuff that he had was from his dad. Like it was like he was the same age as me. Me, I think he was a year older than me. So it was probably like he was born eighty seven. I was born eighty eight. But he had a lot of these toys from his dad and his older brother. So. It could have been that. It, it very well could have been that, but I'm not 100% sure. All I remember is that that was a super fun thing that we used to play with all the time, along with the, the Death Star kind of small playset that we had. And then, I mean, yeah, it, like that's really all that I can call to now. Specific prop that I have right now that, I'm, that I super love is I have Disney Parks Kylo uh kylo lightsaber which i think is fucking cool as shit um the blades on it could definitely be a little bit better they're not the quality of blade that you would get from like an ultra sabers or you know a force form or any of the like the custom saber shops they are a little flimsy and they're not great for like if you actually want to go out and hit shit with them but the build of the hilt itself is fantastic it's hefty it's it's you know obviously a, a a movie replica. It's a it's about as close to the actual movie prop as you can get. Um, the sound of it is really menacing. So uh, that's probably what I can say is like the <laughs> like the the figures and or toys that I will always love. One of the things that I still want to that I'm gonna get eventually is I obviously you know have a couple of lightsabers already, and if anything. I will be a lightsaber hilt collector or a lightsaber blade collector. And the next one I want to get is obviously the, the, the Skywalker family blade. Um, and there's so many different iterations of it that like you can literally go to a site and they'll have like, okay, Groflex, A&H, A New Hope, Groflex, you know, 2.5 ESB, Empire Strikes Back. They'll have them all the way through TFA. And then I'm sure when Tross comes out, they'll have, you know, Groflex, you know, fucking version seven, you know, uh, repaired hilt. So I, I definitely want to get my hands on a Skywalker family blade. And then from there, some other ones that I have my eyes on are, are an Obi and then uh, probably a, uh, a Mace Windu. Because you're Mace definitely the prop guy, not the toy guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of... And, and I, I still can't figure out what the fuck line this Boba Fett was, so... <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, my friends, but it, it, it's pretty rad. So, uh, we'll, we'll get it linked in the post when we, when we post the cast, but he's, he's cool enough that he's in one of my, my glass cases there and it's it only, only the cool boys and girls get to go in the glass case and he's in there. I just, it's killing me. I can't remember who makes it cause it is a bad look, badass looking figure and I'd like people to at least look it up. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, here we go. Moving on, next question. Is it from our boy Baron's Black series? No, it's from the originator of this cast uh, topic, and that is Star Wars Black Series 2019. (laughs) You can tell he's a real fan because his question is, Sir Dork or Everything Kylo, who's number one? Ah, man, we talked about this a little bit on the last one. I love it, Star Wars Black Series 2019. You are our guy. Yeah. It's tough here because... 
I I am not gonna to give I'm not gonna give an answer. I'm not gonna say who's number one, who's number two. No, no, no. Okay, so what I'll say is that with limited knowledge of the Star Wars photography scene and and who came on the scene first and blah blah blah, what I can tell from my limited exposure is that Sir Dork seems to be the one that has really it captured the minds and the hearts of people outside of the the community. Like he has really been able to put together shots that that bring in casual fans that like people out there can just look at and be like, holy fuck. And a lot of it is due to his his magnificent and I would like correct me if I'm wrong here, Matt, but like relatively innovative, you know, way of using fireworks in his shots. Um, uh, yeah, he's up there. I mean, which one are we on again? Someone keeps buzzing in my ear. This is Sir Dork. We're right. Talking. Okay. So Jared, he caught fire, I believe, December 2018. I don't. Uh, people, if you're on Facebook, you might have seen like this viral video going around of some guy lighting stormtroopers on fire, essentially for photography. And that's kind of where he blew up. I, I'm not gonna say he kind of originated the whole fireworks scene. I mean. I don't know when Sir Dork started his account, uh, but I, I've been kind of in the toy scene since around 2016. Uh, guys like Sergeant Bananas, I would argue, were doing that. Uh, everything Kylo. Uh, but that, that's not really the point. I mean, we, we love Sir Dork. We love everything Kylo, not because of um, their, their fireworks and all that shit. It's just, I, I think Jared... Once he caught fire, he really took advantage of that, and he's done a lot for the community in terms of tutorials, behind the scenes. He's very open to his processes, this, that, and the other thing. Um, where Jesse, again, just just a great guy. I mean, he bought into the podcast day one and has been repping it ever since. Uh, his work, too, is phenomenal. I mean, both of the guys are fantastic photographers. They pose well. They blow up shit yeah. well. What I will uh, so say about Jesse too is he's a fantastic conceptor. Like that in itself is a completely different skill than just photography. Oh yeah, I, I, I've I've said that a million times. It's probably the biggest thing I struggle with. Never do I ever roll out with an idea in mind of what I'm going to do. I have a box of figures. I've got my diorama pieces. I got all my miscellaneous gear. You know, drain busters, air cans, fireworks. You name it. And I go out to my table if I'm doing outdoor stuff, and I'm like, okay, I haven't shot you yet. Bang, set them up. All right, I'll figure out a pose, figure out how what I want the background to be. And okay, yeah, there's a shot. Yeah, I mean, if you, there's another shot. There's another shot. Where you know the guys like this, they they plan the shit out. Yeah, which is probably why they have a lot more followers than me and get a lot more traction on their posts. Yeah, I mean, if you just scroll through Jesse's account. You can see like fantastic concepts, like the one that made the top five this week. You know the the Back to the Future Star Wars mashup. You see, uh, like right up front, you see a fantastic concept where you have a Sith trooper that looks like he's rescuing porgs from an explosion. You have a but like you have Hulk chasing down goblins. I mean, like j the, the the guy a fist bump like a real-time fist bump between it probably himself and Pi like a little Popeye the Sailor Man figure he is a, fan a fantastic conceptor and while there is a complete 
there's a complete skill set that's built around photography and the level that he's reached is like almost surpassed by none like him sir dork there's only a few guys that are really in that that elite level and we've seen all of them work more or less black series split picks i have utal like all of these heavy heavy hitters that constantly make our top five but then like concepting is a completely different skill in itself like like Matt was saying, looking at the figures and saying like, okay, how can I set this up? Or what can I use with this figure that's going to make a cool shot? Or how can I position this to do something interesting? Like, you know, it's the, it's the extra brain power to say like, I can put fucking Popeye in a, in, in a black knit cap and a soft goods trench coat and then put Dengar right behind him and make Popeye look like he's a bounty hunter. Like, that's yeah. the type of shit right. that like Jesse really excels at. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when it comes down to who's number one, I mean, I, I wouldn't even break it down in a sense of who's number one in terms of their, their skills. I mean, to me, th- there's some toy photography. I'm not going to lie. When you look at it, you're like, what the fuck? Oh yeah. I mean, like, it's just my, my three-year-old could have went out and set up some figures and shot that. And you know, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm fucking awesome. I'm clearly not. Um, but it's not, it's not really cut. I mean, the, both their photography is fantastic. I mean, that's why they get featured this, that, and the other thing. Who's number one. They're both number one, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what we got to say. They, they are, there are goats. We've established that we have goat one and goat one. There's not even a goat one and goat two. I only refer to them as goats now on IG. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I text with them, DM with them or leave a comment, the goat emoji is going in there. So yeah, we're not going to get into that Star Wars Black Series. We're not going to start a fan fight here. They're both our number ones. I mean, they are uh, they're the only two IG or so far that have this, the official Star Wars team uh, time hat, and they got those because of their goat status. It, it is. I mean, hey, we're not we're not idiots. We're not trying to hide anything here. These are guys that actually take their time to help promote the show. Enough said. Yes, their skills are fantastic with the toy photography. They're, they're, they seem like nice gentlemen, but they help to promote this thing, and it seems like they genuinely like it. So there you go. That's why they're the dueling ones. <laughs> I know that's not a great answer, but it is what it is. We're not we're not trying to piss off our two biggest fans, <laughs> right? You never know. I mean, I don't even know if they listen to that. No, they do. I'm just kidding. All right, and clearly Star Wars Black Series 2019 listens too, so you're 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 getting up there too, my friend. Don't yeah, worry, yeah, you're getting up there too. All right, next up, here's a good one. This is an easy one. This comes from Memes Guy Mysteries, and his question was a statement. Hi, hi, hi. Hello there. There you go. Hello there. That's how I, yeah, yeah. That's there you good, go. That's a good one. Okay. I wish I would have looked up how to say fucking hi and like Mon Calamari yeah. or something like. that. Right, or or, or what, what's the sh- yeah Bausch yeah, or Hatties Our Bash something like that. <laughs> right. All right, here we go. Speaking of one of the goats, we got a question here from Sir Dork. I think it's a smart ass question, but we'll answer it. <laughs> what would you do with a Jar Jar Black Series figure? And just a heads up, Black Series twenty nineteen actually answered this, and he just said fire and just yeah, put a he bunch kn- of he fire knows the answer. <laughs> no, I'm just, go ahead, Nick. What, what would you do if you had a Jar Jar a, figure? A Jar Jar figure, a Jar Jar Black Series. Like, we're talking, like, this is the new face sculpts, like the super 
detailed charge. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it up. I mean, this is a top-of-the-line digital face paint Jar Jar Binks, and we'll even say, hell, he's got rubber ears. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, with Jar Jar, a lot of people probably out there are like, yeah, I want you to blow up Jar Jar. Jar Jar is a piece of shit. He's so bad. But you know what? Jar Jar has taken enough flack from the community and as matt has seen with his little one jar jar is a perfectly suited character for children um so what i would do with you know the the jar jar black series figure is i would do a scene recreation of uh tpm get get the um you know the the pod racer that anakin had get little figures of anakin get the little uh, Rodian guy, and I would just like do a scene recreation of that moment when he like sticks his head in between the fucking, you know, the the little electrical thing <laughs> there you and go. shocks himself. With the, See, look the at look kids. at Nick. Nick's dreaming of the days when he's a toy photographer and <laughs> staging shots, and those little cocksuckers keep falling down right when he's trying to take the shot, and then he gets all pissed and can't set him up again because he's pissed. His hands are shaking and the rage is flowing. <laughs> think that's ever happened to me oh man i don't know it sounds like a pretty good description you just feel like you may have been through that. even this weekend i was like fuck i'm doing a quick shoot with the new hyper real vader and that cocksucker fell over at least three or four times right when i was getting ready to like snap it's like you dick wow. okay so what would i do with a jar jar black series figure i would make him look like the biggest badass in the galaxy there you go i mean i'm talking i would rip his shirt off if he had one or i'd paint his torso pink I would put a Rambo red bandana around his head, you know, like just a little little, little tie-off ninja type of strap, and I, I would pose him in nothing but action shots, just looking like <laughs> a boss. I mean, fucking taking out Vader with a lightsaber, uh, lightning shocking Anakin, that type of stuff. I mean, I, I would make Jar Jar the complete opposite of who he was on screen. He would be a badass he would be a gungan jedi killer there you go there you go a gungan jedi that's something that i don't think we've ever seen before yeah yeah i mean i I would you know throw some robes on him i grab my obi-wan kenobi robe throw it on him do some shots like i said style him up make him look like rambo on a few shots but i I would do like i said the the complete anti-jar jar Jar shots i mean it would be wow who the fuck like if someone saw this be like damn that 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 character must be a badass that that's what i would do with a jar jar black series fan. and then and all then of i your would burn captions would be like isa me yeah <laughs> misa 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 or the hundabacher hit the boss's head flubber <laughs> shit like that it's like fuck dude <laughs> What were you thinking? <laughs> I think I don't even mind Jar Jar as a character. I mean, it's the way he talks it's and so... just the, the dumb shit George had him do. It's like, what the fuck? Man? Yeah, yeah, it was really fucking weird. So, yeah, I know you people probably wanted to dip him in gasoline, light him, all that, but Jar Jar to me is, is far from the reason why the prequels aren't good. I mean, he's not even on my top 10 list of reasons why the prequels aren't my favorite. He's just a guy. He's just a character. So, um, all right. Next up, next. Hey, it's another question from our boy Baron's Black series. We love it. Uh, I kind of was stupid, and he he was DMing me just 
dropping questions to use on the cast. I thought he was asking me live, so I, I answered it here. But we'll see what Nick says. All right, so Baron's asking us, favorite alien race? I I have always liked the aesthetic look of the Nautilans. So Nautilans are Kit Fisto's um, race. So they're yeah, he is funky looking, man. He always I mean, he looked like he was permanently stoned like he's kind of like he's always always smiling he did, like, like he's just like hey i don't think all of them are like that like i don't think all of them have that permanent like stone smile on their face but in fact like a long time ago this is like pre-disney acquisition like me and one of my buddies started writing like like a like a fan fiction book for star wars and like we what we were essentially doing is we were writing a prequel novel to the darth bane trilogy because we were both super into that trilogy so um all of our characters um we had all of the teachers from the darth bane series so like lord khan lord Kasim, lord cordis and all of these guys but then we had a bunch of new characters that were brought in and basically they were all academy students and then you had one um jedi who was on like a like a black ops mission to infiltrate this academy and you know report back to the jedi like what the sith are doing and one of our like our primary antagonist in the in the book was going to be a nautilin it was going to be like a like a darker brown skin nautilin um who was like super cocky oh, look at you guys diversity yeah and he was in the thing i really like about nautilins is all of them have solid black eyes which makes them they can look very menacing um because of that, because of that one very, very stark feature that they always have those solid black eyes and, um, you know, the, the head tendrils, um, similar to like Tagruda's or to Twi'leks or something like that. But they had many more of the head tendrils, as you saw with Kit Fisto. Um, I really enjoy them as a, as a race. And then I also really like, um, I mean, the Kalishi just look really cool. Kalishis, or, you know, the Kalish are what General yeah, Grievous I thought you were talking fucking Game of Thrones for a second. <laughs> no. like, yeah, she does look good naked. You're right. <laughs> um, the Kalish it, are the race of aliens that General Grievous was before he was essentially turned oh, into so a So they're machine. like bags of meat. Yeah, they're just like... No, I, I, they, they looked pretty badass. Yeah, they did. So those are probably... I'll say those right. two. Interesting. I didn't. I, at first, I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about with Nautilin or whatever it has. I was like, "What the shit? What is this guy talking about?" But then he threw Kit. I was like, "Oh yeah, duh, I knew that. I totally knew that." <laughs> All right. So for me, I, I kind of got two. Uh, I guess I'll go with my initial. It, it is. It's the Tagrutas. I mean, oh, you've it's, talked it's about be, these many times. I have some odd sexual preference for the Togruta. I mean. Like give me give me a live action Ahsoka Tano and I'm probably gonna want to have sex with her. <laughs> I'm not I, I or, or Shock T. I want to see Shock what they look T. like naked. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm I'm a little demented, a little off, I guess. <laughs> but their colorings, man, it's almost like in nature when when the when the you know females or males will have elaborate feather patterns or colors to attract the other. The other uh, sex, I, I don't know. They, 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 it does it for me for some reason. I, I mean, maybe I have some sort of like anime fetish because Ahsoka is only a cartoon. I don't know. 
but they look sexy. I mean, hell, even Isla Secura looks sexy as hell. Uh, maybe it's something with head tendrils. Could be. That could be. I don't know. I mean, she also basically wore a bikini as a Jedi Knight, so, I mean, that, that kind of helped, too. We are... <laughs> I am a guy after all. I mean, the, the little head definitely commands the big head more often than not. It's just how we're built. Uh, the other one I want to throw out there, jo- just because one of my favorite characters, or has become one of my favorite characters, is, is a part of them, and that's the weak way. And that, that's who Hondo comes from. So uh, first saw the weak way in Return of the Jedi, I believe, on the skiffs, yep. trying to push Luke in. So there you go. So mine, mine's a little more uh, disturbing <laughs> take than Nick's. His is well thought out from a, a sane human, where mine is more of the deviant kind, <laughs> where for some reason I'm attracted to orange skin alien women that have head tendrils, head tendrils that rotate blue and white in coloring. <laughs> Perfect. There we normal. go. Perfect. I, I have no idea. It is what it is. Have I wheeled one out to them? You'll never hear it from me live on air. All right, so next one here. Hey, it's from our other buddy, Star Wars Black Series 2019. I like this one. What is your favorite scene in all the movies? Uh, if you listen to the show, you, you know should know mine. I'll still go over it, but I'll let Nick kick it off. This is a tough one. This is a tough one for me because I, I feel like I, I'm, in, I'm probably one of those super rare Star Wars fans that, like, I love the original trilogy to no end but for some reason the force awakens has this hold on me that i like can't break i can't i cannot break this this hold that that movie has on me and i don't know if it's because that it had been so long and like the the release of the force awakens also kind of lined up with a big moment in my life personally so like i right around when the force awakens released I moved to Austin. I essentially knew nobody, nobody here. And I, you know, was here for a few months and then I broke up with my girlfriend at the time. So I was super alone. I had, I had, Oh, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> I had very few friends here. Nick got straight bamboozled yeah. into moving to Austin, man. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a shit oh. show at first. I mean, it's turned out good now. Yeah. At the first, you know, year and a half or so that I was here, I was, it was rough. Um, so I had a very small group of friends that were, you know, very nice to me and invited me places and stuff like that. And one of the, and you know, one of the first significant things that I did here in Austin without like, you know, after my breakup was I went and I saw the force awakens with, my new friends in Austin and like that movie in itself to me was incredible. I love everything about it. I love that movie. And adding on top of that, like all of the, you know, significance it meant to me at the time, like, you know, a step in establishing myself in a new city when I didn't have, you know, the person that I moved here to be with kind of, you know, like all of that had happened. So, my scene is probably going to be TFA because even to this day when I watch it, it like gets me going, like it wells me up with tears when they're in, when they're on Starkiller base and, you know, Kylo just has just cut down Finn slices. Oh, I'm, I'm literally watching the scene right now <laughs> yeah. crying a little bit because yeah. I knew right where you're going. So he cuts up his back. The, the Skywalker family blade is laying in the snow 
And prior to this, I mean, he had thrown Ray against the tree with the force, just smashed her, and she was knocked out. So he reaches with the force to get the blade, and it doesn't come. Oh, he reaches God, back. When that music kicks in, it kills I me. I know. It's just like thinking about it, not even watching the scene, thinking about him getting chills. Like, reaches out again, and you see the blade start to move, and you're like, oh, shit, this is going to go. It's like, it's going to go to him. And when it pulls and it flies past him and it lands in Ray's hand and just the way that she looks at it and the way, and, and then she ignites it and then holds it. And then there, and then Kylo lights his saber and the fights like that whole scene from just pulling that lightsaber and igniting it. And like Matt said, when that Skywalker, when, you know, theme kicks in, like, it's impossible to not get chills as a Star oh, it's Wars nuts. fan. It's nuts. I mean, I believe it's Luke's theme in particular. If you really want to get a, a visual memory, the same theme that plays when Luke finds his his aunt and uncle burn out, and he knows he's got to he's got to leave with Obi Wan. Yeah, like he knows that his journey, his life's journey is right. Now. It's kind of somber but hopeful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it's perfectly for the Luke scene where he's like, shit. They're all dead. Like, I've got nothing. And now, and then in, in the scene Nick's talking about, it, it's even better because it is. It's like, Ray's like, what the, what the fuck? Like, holy shit. I've got something going on in me. Yeah. So. so no, I, I, yeah, dude. I mean, b- beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. I, I'm actually going to be talking about this moment for another question we got coming up. Um, yeah, yeah, great, great choice. And there's nothing wrong with love and TFA. I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, that that scene right there is one of the best scenes in Star Wars. It's the scene that confirmed to me that TFA is a legit Star Wars movie, a classic, one that I too will always love. I mean, when when I can get a Star Wars movie, I mean, even right now I'm trying to man fight back some emotion. <laughs> yeah, it's and and this movie's what five years old, four years old at this point. Yeah. I've seen it a million times, this scene in particular, especially with my daughter. That's when you know the filmmaker, the cast, the crew, everyone involved did their fucking job. Yep. Did their job. You got a musical memory tied to this visual scene, and it's a killer. It's beautiful. All right. So, me, do I really need to go (laughs) over it? I will. The scene to me, favorite of all time, the best ever, is the fight between father and son at the end of Return of the Jedi. In particular, like if we really want to get to a like scene scene, it's the moment Luke is hiding under the steps and Vader calls out that he knows about Leia now because of Luke. And Luke loses it. Loses it. Mm-hmm. Taps into the dark side and proceeds to kick the shit out of his dad who had been kicking his ass for two movies, essentially. Like, Luke wasn't even, he wasn't, he was he was nothing to Vader in terms of a, a competitor or, or, or a, uh, someone to duel. He was nothing. He, he was, a, it was a joke to Vader. I mean, he was even a joke in the early part of the throne room fight. Luke had nothing on his father. But once he tapped in that dark side and, and kind of started going down Anakin's path, you saw what, the power of the dark side can do, especially in the blood of a Skywalker. But it was the fact that Luke pulled back after he saw his dad and was like, fuck, I'm doing exactly what this asshole did. 
I can't even talk about. Listen to me. I'm a pussy. I'm a man. Man can cry. But it just reminds me of my dad and all this other shit. But it just, it kills me. I mean, even even now, I mean, listen to me. I mean, it's just, it, it's, I don't know. It could be father-son shit, whatever you want to call it. That scene to me is Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It's... And then, you know, it plays out and Vader does the right thing. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. It is. Yeah, I mean, that is by far, I mean, that's definitely top three scenes regardless of who you are and what your favorite Star Wars movie is. Like, Yeah, I mean, I'm no fucking question. 39 here and I'm, I'm getting all teary-eyed talking about a, a scene from 1983 that I've literally watched a million times. <laughs> and they, Lucas even tried to fuck it up with the no, and, and I still love it. I actually kind of dig the no now. So <laughs> I, I just, I love that scene. It's the same thing. The, the, the music cues up. And just seeing what Luke was doing and, and just Vader getting beat down and Vader's laying there all decrepit and beaten by his own son. That's just, that's some powerful shit. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, when he, uh, to finish it, when he looks over, looks, 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 and he's finally like, fuck this. I am good and tosses him. Yep. Beautiful stuff. So thanks for that, Stars Black Series. Hope you're, you're happy and you're laughing that you got me to cry a little bit on a podcast. <laughs> Never thought that would happen, but it did. Hey, I am human after all, believe it or not. All right, up next, hey, it's our it's our buddy Star Wars Black Series 2019. This is another fun one, though, so keep him coming. This guy's a pro. I mean, it's, it's no wonder he's the one that cooked up this segment. Uh, but he's asking, what character would you be and why? What character would I be and why? It's an interesting question. I, <clears throat> I like it a lot. Um, gosh, this is a tough one. I... This is going to sound kind of weird, but I I would want to be Anakin Skywalker throughout, like, not just in one period of time. I would want to be Anakin Skywalker from, like, birth to death because there is such a wide variety and experiences of his life, in, like, during his life. I mean, growing up as a slave, being freed, going through Jedi training, becoming one of the most powerful Jedi of all time, falling to the dark side... I, I would want to live that experience. And then also, like, one of the things that Matt and I always kind of ask and we always say that we want to see played out is, like, we wanted to see, like, what is the internal struggle that Vader goes through on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, what is his mindset? What does he think about? What Like, when it's just him and his meditation chamber, what's going through his head? Um so for me, that would be the most interesting character to be, would be Anakin Skywalker all the way through death at the end of ROTJ. Yeah, I mean, Nick Nick took my, my answer. I, I, I was going to pick Vader, Anakin, just because, I mean, Vader has always been my favorite guy. Uh, he's, he's been tarnished a bit because of how his alter ego was portrayed in the live-action prequels. But yeah, Vader's still my dude. I mean, just look at him. I, I would want to be him because look at him. Yeah. I mean, he's like, what, almost seven foot. He's a badass. He looks awesome. Everyone's scared of him, and he can pretty much kick the shit out of whoever he wants. But uh, to change things up, to give us something different, I'm going to do a silly one real quick. I want to be Porkins. <laughs> and why? I just want to see how you can get someone that rotund into an X-Wing cockpit. My serious one would be Sheev Palpatine. Pal yeah, that's a good one. I mean, we're talking about a guy now that when everything's all said and done has essentially orchestrated all the evil in the three known trilogies. We're talking all the way back from the the Age of Republic 
to the age of rebellion and now through the age of resistance. This guy was essentially the mastermind of, you know, how many decades, almost what, eight decades of, of time, nine decades, if you will. Yeah. I mean, maybe 10 decades, probably. I mean, come on. I mean, the guy's been training in the dark arts his whole life. He took out his own master, learned all his skills. He convinced the, the supposed chosen one to go to the dark side. And somehow we find out that he's also lived past his own death. Um, plus, he's just a mastermind. I mean, he, he schooled the entire Jedi Council for, for decades. Schooled them. Fucking owned them. He made GMY, Grandmaster Yoda, look like an idiot. He made Mace look like a punk. I mean, the, the guy is just probably... I mean, he never got the billing as the big bad, because he really wasn't. I mean, let's be real. In the original trilogy, he was he was kind of you know, the, the, the guy behind the, the curtains yeah. type of deal. Uh, but but he is probably one of the greatest movie villains if you think about what his plans accomplished for the bad guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the good guys were ever really to do with Sheev was to maybe just quell his plans for a few years and, and make it seem like things were on the up and up in the galaxy. Because uh, even when they beat his empire, what happened? First Order was still able to rise. We're going to see other shady shit going on in The Mandalorian. So that that guy is just a mastermind of masterminds, and he's played a game for well over 100 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great answer. And I just, yeah, I want that level of power. I mean, I, come on. I'm power hungry. <laughs> I want that. I want respect. All right. Back to Baron Black series here. Favorite piece of Star Wars music that gets you right in the feels. All right. Here we there go. Yeah. This is where I was going yeah i mean we talked about it a little bit i that hits me right in the feels it's a tough one because i'm not going to say the same song i'm not going to say luke's theme that was you know matt was talking about in the you know this the scene with ray um i when when i was younger when i was in high school i listened to a lot of the the you know john williams music from the prequel trilogy and there was one particular song that, like, it basically played from when, I can't remember the name of it, but it, it, it either starts when Anakin starts to storm the temple um, after he's, you know, professed, like, he's Darth Vader now. He storms the temple and rots, and then through when... Um, Padme lands on Mustafar before the ultimate showdown between him and, and Obi. Like, there's this, it's probably like a series of songs, but all of them kind of flow together. It's basically the, the soundtrack to Anakin's downfall. Um, because it's like when you listen to it, it's very somber and it, it like it portrays in musical notes the, the, the fall of a hero. And I thought that that was always like very touching. I thought that that was always like, man, that's it's like a super bummer of a song to listen to because you know the series of events that are happening as it goes on. But then also like just the way that it was composed by John Williams was masterful because oh yeah, I mean like, yeah. anything from the prequels you can say was excellent. It, it are it is the soundtracks and the new themes he cooked up. I mean, half the time I'll leave the music on in Swago just to hear some of the prequel themes. Yeah, you know the 
the the battle hymns, the battle marches, the you know, I mean, all that fun stuff. You know, I mean, obviously, we want to talk about feels. Clearly, you fire up the Luke Skywalker theme; it's always going to get me. I mean, I believe that was also kind of playing in the background of the Jedi scene I was talking about in the Ray scene Nick talked about. So again, just to keep things fresh, I'll go with something different. I mean, I'm always going to love Leia's theme; that that speaks to me for reasons. Uh, but for this, I'm going to go with the original Ewok celebration. Oh, yeah. Yub nub. Yub nub. Yub nub. I don't know the actual words, but I'm close enough. It's just, I, I love that celebration. I hate that it was taken out. It's one of the worst special edition changes, period, that they, they, they added that new song that sucks. Yeah. The new ending song sucks. So Ewok Celebration, just because it's a fantastic song, gets you happy. I remember my dad used to throw it on the record player back in the early 80s, and we'd you know, dance around, celebrate, yeah, the rebellion won, that type of shit. But then also just how it ends, when it's like it goes from the Ewok speak, and then I still feel like they say, like, Summer broke the law, <laughs> Summer broke the law, Summer broke the law. <laughs> dun, 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 and then the fanfare kicks in and you know anytime you hear the star wars fanfare you know the end of the movie music that that's fucking gets you all energized too oh, yeah. gets you emotional like yeah fucking star wars so that's what i'm gonna go with but you guys already heard me cry once so obviously the luke skywalker theme paired with the right visuals it can work me over like a motherfucker yeah i mean it's perfect i i also miss the yub nub song and like i think i even think that like when I was, you know, my girlfriend and I watched all of the original trilogy, her for the first time in a, in a drive through like we went through it to like a local drive in, not drive through drive in movie. And at the end of ROTJ, like obviously nobody's like, it's very rare if you see the original cut shown in a drive in. Um, so it was the it was the other song. And I told her, I was like, you know, they replaced the really good song with the special it's so bad dude i mean it's like uh, i know it's uh, and then you kind of like travel throughout all the planets oh it's so dumb i mean like i get what he was trying to do but the song no you can't fuck with the song leave this yeah okay keep the same fucking song then george come on if you want to be like whip out your cg dick back in the 90s like look what we can do that's great but why are you fucking with the music yeah all right this next question is the deepest of deep cuts that you could possibly. <laughs> yeah, this guy, uh, it's Christopher M. Maha something. I, think it's, I cut might off be his Mahoney, name. But we'll All just right. say Christopher e- M. Either M. way, <laughs> th- this guy went deep, deep. I'll read the question. We had to study this one. I'm not going to lie. This isn't something that I think anyone off the top of their head is prepared for. But Nick is our resident EU expert. So I'll kind of let him get into the answer. But here's the question. So if the Mingal Mingal were to reveal itself during the height of the Clone Wars in a full-fledged galactic takeover, (laughs) would the Republic be able to defeat such a threat while simultaneously trying to deal with the CIS? If so, what would their strategy consist of? I know, it's so fucked. That is a deep, thought-out, multi-pronged question about some of the most random shit in Star Wars EU. So, yeah, I mean... Props to you, Christopher M. M. We're just going to call you because I don't want to say Mahoney if that's not your last name. Um, so 
just for context for anybody listening to this, the the Manal Manal is basically like a it's like a zombie virus in a way. It's like a sentient ooze, like a gray. It's a ooze puddle. It's almost yeah. like it sounds like it's it's not just a single entity. It's just kind of like a collective that yeah. can infect other sentient beings. Yeah. So so basically. Some background on this is like the Manal Manal has been around the galaxies basically since around its formation. Like it was around when the celestial beings were around. It was it's been around after the celestial beings have been around. And and what it does is it like it it, it basically is a zombie virus. It takes over a host and then it controls it. And it's not only it not only does this to like you know um, you know humanoid or or, or you know you know kind of beings like that it, it did it to a whole planet so there was this planet called oh fuck i can't i can't remember the name who cares but like the, it, it took Shitsville. over yeah it took over an entire planet and not only the planet it took oh it <laughs> it took control of an entire fleet and kind of you know lined the fleet up around the planet so for a while this this entity the manal manal was able to control an entire planetary system plus a fleet of actual battle cruisers that surrounded it. So, at a high, at a very high level, it's a zombie virus. Um, the All problem. Right, so with how, how do you think the Repu- would the Republic been able to deal with it while also combating the Confederacy of independent systems? So the way I will say yes, and here's why I'll say yes. They they basically had. The Republic had an unlimited supply of clones. Like they could just keep going. Um, and and with this particular virus, what I've learned after doing some research is that once it takes over a, a host, and one, there's some unclearness whether it can take over dead things or not. But once it once it takes over a living host, it can only live for about a week. And once the body itself decays, then it's done like it has to move on to a different host um so in my opinion what the what the um republic would have done and then also you need to have in order for it to to infect you you need to have exposed skin areas so like all of the republic soldiers are basically covered head to toe in armor so even if the goo would have gotten on them, it would have had to get into their into their body somehow. Right. And they have like masks that block the stuff from getting into their mouth or anything like that. And obviously the armor stops it from getting into their pores. So it would not be super easy to infect a Republic soldier anyway. And if it did, basically what the Republic could do is institute the same sort of policy that was instituted in game of thrones like when somebody dies burn their body because like the white walkers the manal manal cannot use a dead corpse if it if the corpse is no longer functional so like if the if the body is destroyed then they just take over a dead body and can't do anything with it so i would say that a mixture of well-armored troops plus a policy of always making sure to destroy the bodies of those that have been killed would would put them on the safe side. And then also on the CIS side of things, the CIS army was almost completely composed of of robots. It was all droids. So they couldn't take control of that anyway because it's not a it's not an organic being. So I I think that the that the Republic could handle it with some 
some creative thinking and then just some mm-hmm. vigilance. And then also, I don't know if this can, I don't know if the Manal Manal can be destroyed, period. Like, I don't know if this is something that you could like, you know, hyper freeze and then just break or if it's just like a T-1000 where like, no matter what right. you do to it, it just reforms itself. I mean, itself. can it be controlled by the force, this type True, of thing? True, as well, yeah. You know, we, we so have- here, here's my take. It's a little different. I'm not going to really get into it because Nick kind of covered it here. But if you think about the Republic at the time of the Clone Wars, it wasn't the Republic. Yeah. It was a banana Republic. I mean, it's fucking Palpatine doing his thing. I mean, you got to understand the guy running the Republic was also running the CIS. True, yeah, exactly. Right? And this is a guy that wanted to take over the galaxy. This is a guy, in my mind, that would not let anything, no outside force, come in and fuck with that plan. So, yeah, sure, the Republic was pretend fighting the CIS on the surface. That's what it looked like they were doing. But it was really just Palpatine pitting the Republic against his CIS to create the distrust of the Jedi and get all that shit done, get everything approved, and essentially so he could take over and become Emperor, right? Yep. So... The fact that the Republic was dealing with CIS doesn't even factor into this question for me. So I think the strategy would have been for Palpatine to like, hey, I'll deal with these motherfuckers. I'm fucking Sheev. <laughs> no one else needs to even know these things exist. I'll take them out with my power, with all the, this, that, and the other thing. Here we go. Back to the Clone Wars. Yeah. So just yeah. Pal- Palp handles it. Sheev, maybe not single-handedly, but Sheev's yeah. not letting an outside bullshit force come in and fuck up his decades-long plan to take over oh, the galaxy. No, yeah, I, I can totally no see way. that. So I like it. I mean, it's a very creative question. I like it. I like it. It was fun. Yeah, that but was a good one. if you really think about the state of the Republic at that time, it wasn't the Republic. It was Sheev's bullshit against Sheev's bullshit. <laughs> so he would have done whatever he needed to do to make sure it didn't fuck up his bullshit. True, true. Good call. All right, uh, good one here from Baron's Black Series. Favorite Clone Wars arc? I'm assuming, you know, like sometimes they would do three-episode threads or yeah. just kind of, you know, a season theme that they would touch in on. So, I think Nick, what do, you, what do you got? Matt and I may be aligned on this one. We may, we may have a similar kind of answer here but i really like the 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 arc where anakin and obi-wan and ahsoka are or i think it's only anakin and ahsoka are essentially transported to this force planet where you have these three force beings the father the son and the daughter and through this arc we learn the true purpose of the chosen one quote unquote the chosen one in star wars like it was Anakin's duty to take over for the father in keeping these two opposing forces, the son on the dark side and the daughter on the light side at bay. And throughout this arc, basically Anakin is told, if you don't do this, like I, I'm the father's like, I'm not going to live much longer. There's, there's not a lot of time left for me. If you don't do this, then there will be a tipping of scales through the force that, that will reverberate through the entire galaxy. And in this series arc, you see the son actually kills the daughter, which throws the whole, like, so now the dark side, the scales have tipped into the favor of the dark side. And this whole, this whole arc one was fantastically written by Filoni and everybody else who worked on Clone Wars. 
and two is the only real explanation of like what the chosen one's true purpose was in the star wars universe so that's probably my favorite one got you i, I agree i mean that's a great one i'm gonna go with one slightly different and i'm gonna be talking about i think what season five is essentially the downfall of ahsoka i mean how yeah you know, when it's all said and done, we find out that Barris Offie essentially set her up. She was basically expelled from the Jedi Order, brought back, and she told them to go fuck themselves because they didn't believe her. But the reason I liked it is because it ultimately showed how gullible the Jedi are and how much they would trust people they shouldn't trust. I mean, they were buying everyone else's opinion on the story outside of their own. They were not listening to Ahsoka. They weren't listening to Anakin. It also showed more how they would even treat Anakin in these types of situations. You know, they would hide certain things from him or wouldn't let him do certain stuff. And that clearly would agitate him and it just added to the fuel that essentially allowed him to turn to the dark side. Now, we, we never really got a lot of that in the live action. That's why I've always said Clone Wars Anakin is the best Anakin. It shows throughout each season, sometimes multiple episodes, it, it would show the guy's arrogance, but it would also show how the Jedi, especially the Masters, would just kind of keep their thumb on them. They, they never would fully trust them because of the way he would act and because of his brazenness. And ultimately, that's what led to his ability to betray his, his former Masters. So I'm going to go with the, the whole betrayal of Ahsoka, exile of Ahsoka, and then hopefully we're, we're going to get that followed up on when Clone Wars returns this February. Very true. Yeah, good call. That's a fantastic... It also shows... Right up front, the manipulation powers of Tarkin, which I like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where he, you can already tell, like, this guy is going to be an excellent douchebag yeah. in an empire <laughs> that's all about imposing its will on free systems. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's. I mean, he, he never trusted the Jedi from day one. He bought right into the narrative that Palpatine was trying to paint about the Jedi. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, showed a lot of good stuff of how things started to unravel with the Republic, the Jedi Order, Anakin himself. So that's that's what we go with. Solid. Solid choice. Okay, another one from Baron here. Which I feel like we owe the guy some money at this I know, point. Right? He's, he's, he's driven the, the conversation. But, hell, I mean, we're already over an hour. I, w- I didn't even know if we'd make 30 minutes. Know, so yeah, clearly yeah. it's been a fun little... Uh, type of special cast this cantina questions from the cantina so i'm digging it but baron's asking now if you could have any suit of armor from star wars which one i feel like i know what your answer is going to be so i'm not going to say it um see but i feel like you knew so i already knew to change it you did you may go with an ot (laughs) one though i'll tell if you don't say it when i when i Uh, all right go ahead i'm gonna say i would want I want Captain Phasma's, because Phasma's... Ooh, is, I, that definitely was on my short list, yeah. just because of the sexy chrome. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, it's the pimpest pimp armor that yeah. we've seen. And, and like, a half cape. I mean, come oh, on. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we would have ever seen Commander Pyre in live action, I might have picked that one, because Pyre's oh, yeah. oh, is yeah. also oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. really, really fucking nice. But I'm going to go with Phasma, just because it's it's one of a kind. Like, you know... You can look at, you know, clone series, you know, clone phase one, clone phase two, very similar stormtrooper, regular stormtrooper. Then you got death troopers, shock troopers, all these different troopers. They, they're all variations of kind of the same thing. And like Phasma's is, but Phasma takes the basic first order outfit and fucking just pimpifies it. Like it's like you said, you got the half cape. It's all chrome. 
Like, it's just, it's fantastic. I wouldn't want that for sure. All right. Well, I'm going to go with my guy. And you could probably argue that it's not really a suit of armor, but I mean, Darth Vader, please. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, it, it, to this day, he's still one of the coolest looking, if not the coolest looking characters in all of film. I mean, when he, he his imposing black ass walks through that door on the tan team, I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. Love the guy. I mean, he's choking out Antilles. I mean, he just he was just looked like a badass. And that is the wonkiest looking Vader costume in all of the movies. I and mean, that's still when George is essentially pulling money out of his ass to pay for it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at my hyper reel right now, and, it, and I got the guy in his little pose with his hands on his hips, and he's looking at me like, "What are you? What are you talking about, Willis?" <laughs> uh, I just, I mean, you gotta love the helmet, the face mask, the lights, all the black, the the robes. I mean, it, it's Vader, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I don't know if that constitutes a suit of armor. I believe his the things on his chest are armor, and his shoulders are armor. Hell, he's he's mostly machine anyway, so yeah. he's just one big bag of armor. Uh, but I guess we had to go armor, armor, like full on, like like Nick said. I, I'd probably go with the the short troopers. Um, okay. They have a very unique looking helmet outside of all the troopers. I mean, I, I'd say them and the the tank troopers are probably the most unique looking because of their helmet designs. I mean, the short troopers, it's it's a kind of a mix of the scout trooper and your and your standard trooper uh i i just i just dig their look and i dig that kind of sandy looking armor so i thought you were you go. gonna go with sith trooper but i guess we haven't seen it in like real live action yet. yeah i mean yeah it's bad i asked but it's just it's too new at this point yeah. so and, and i mean it is different looking but you still look at it and you're like yeah stormtrooper yeah. you look at the the shore troopers the scare of shore troopers and they, they, they just feel kind of different. I mean, some sure. of them have skirts and stuff, so, it, I, you know, I always like throwing a skirt on every <laughs> once in a while. My air, second air choice out the would probably be Range Trooper from Solo because they get a fur coat. It's, they, oh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're badass, troopers. too, and they have those fucking money boots, yeah. like magnet boots. Yeah, yeah. Those, would be, yeah. those would be sick. All right, yeah, those, those are both good. This All right, this is a great yeah. one for Nick, actually, and tough. me, because I'm kind of a scumbag. But if you could have any Star Wars prop, Ugh. what would you steal? Oh, man. This is a tough one. Like, there's so many things. And, like, I mean, there's so many things, and I'm not even thinking outside of OT. Like, I'm firmly stuck in OT for this. Like, this isn't even, you know, Age of Resistance, Age of Republic. This is only... You know, I'll even let you pick to make it easier if you want. You can maybe have your your number one and then kind of your your backup if you want. Number one, I would say the whole Han and Carbonite setup, like the original. Ooh, that's fucking cool. Yeah, I wouldn't even thinking about that. Oh yeah, like that's what I because I've seen a lot of replicas of that. Like you can buy like small replicas or like even (laughs) that's definitely a a talking piece if you have it in your house. Like even you know, a table size one. So I would definitely take, that would be my number one. My number two, man, that's tough. That's tough. Oh man. Prop prop. So I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say anybody's helmet. Cause that's, that's a piece of armor. Um, I, I would go with, with Vader's saber. Yeah, Vader's lightsaber. Right. So I mean, like I know I said that like my next lightsaber that I want to get is the Skywalker family, but 
It pretty they, much is. I yeah. mean, he just he just dark sided a bit. Yeah. I mean, he put the the red. I mean, the black tip at the end. Yep. But for the most part, it is molded after his original. Exactly. Yeah. So Vader's saber in my second. Okay. All right. So my first and foremost is Luke's green lightsaber oh, from yes. Jedi. Oh yes. Yep. Hundred percent. I just I've always liked it. I mean it. You could tell he really took inspiration from Kenobi's blades. Uh, he he pretty much discounted his father's stylings. I mean, it it, did, it doesn't resemble Anakin's blade at all. Nope, nope. I mean, he changed the color. He changed the hilt. He changed the emitter. I mean, everything was different. It was very Obi-Wan Kenobi-like. So that'd be my number one. My number two, and we could probably argue it's a prop, it would be the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they fucking sit in it and, like, drive it and shit, right? I mean, they're they're using it as a prop. So, I mean, and they've built life-size cockpits and life-size fucking, hey, there's the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. No, that's perfect. So, I'd park that bitch in my backyard and fucking open up tours. Yeah, no. I'd have, you know, a Star Wars <laughs> Times version of Galaxy's Edge. That's perfect. On my own property. Oh, yeah. That's a great call. <laughs> yeah. So Full there you size go. Millennium Falcon it, in I don't know how I'd steal the second one, but I definitely could stick Luke's lightsaber down my pants. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or even up my anal cavity if I really had to get secretive about where I was stealing it from. So, <laughs> all right, last one. Okay. Yeah, this one comes from Kingdom of Weird. He's one of our favorite three and three quarter inch photographers on IG. Yep. Uh, we all have our favorite Star Wars, but has yours always been the same, or has it changed from childhood? Very good question. So, and I think Nick yeah. can definitely. This one speaks to Nick. This one definitely speaks to me because I've mentioned it before. Like we've done. I mean, I don't think we've ever done proper like what's your favorite list them, but multiple times, even in this podcast, you know, bringing up TFA. And, you know, in probably four or five podcasts ago, I, I said TFA was my favorite. And being that it is, clearly mine's changed since childhood. Um, for me, when I was a kid, it was never, it was always between ROTJ and ESB. And the reason that, that for me it was, it was ESB is just because, like, you never really got to experience a movie where the bad guys won before like and that was something new to me and it was very interesting and it really like that moment with Luke and Vader and all of the things that went into ESB like basically just like the 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 good guys just losing at every point it is depressing it's like holy shit like Han gets captured put in carbonite C-3PO gets blown up you know uh Lando Calrissian betrays his friends Luke Skywalker gets his hand cut cuts off you know cut off and finds out that that you know the ultimate villain here is his father like that to me like everything that happened in that movie was so shocking that it like it always spoke to me and it's like even the beginning scene of that like storming the base on hoth echo base like perfect so for me growing up it was esb and then now it's tfa and the reason that it's tfa is because i think and this is kind of what, you know, recently Bob Iger has said in his book is like, it, it's a difficult task to take a series as huge as Star Wars and reintroduce it to an entire public um, with a brand new ownership team behind it, like George no longer doing anything. And I think JJ did it perfectly. 
the characters that he created, the story that he told, while similar to A New Hope and other themes that we have seen throughout Star Wars history, it was perfect. There was, I don't think that he could have done anything better with that film. And he set up the villain in Kylo Ren perfectly. He introduced this, like this mysterious new Jedi character, or Force-using character in Rey that we're still learning about up to this day. And then all of the cast of characters around them were fantastically played out. So TFA to me is now my favorite Star Wars movie just because of what it's done to Star Wars in, in pop culture now. And it's definitely different from when I was a child. So yeah, that's, that's my answer. All right. Well, mine's definitely not as uh, fleshed out, detailed as Nick's because mine's never changed. It's Return of the Jedi. It'll always be Return of the Jedi. Uh, If you really want to get into it, it's because I was three. It was the first movie I've ever seen in theaters. And it's it's just most of my positive Star Wars memory. I mean, I was just 30 minutes ago, I was basically crying like a, you know, like a little boy talking about it and how it reminds me of my dad and this, that, and the other thing, this, the scene, the throne room, it, it will forever be my favorite. I mean, I, I, I just, I love Return of the Jedi. I love the Ewoks. I love what goes down on Endor. I love Luke's thread, Leia's thread, Han's thread. It's just, it's fun movie. It's always going to be my favorite. Could nine knock it off? Who knows? Probably not just because of the specific early, early childhood memories I have with Return of the Jedi. I mean, we're talking shit that I can't even really remember anymore, but I know in my heart of hearts, my soul, that I love Star Wars because of movies like Return of the Jedi. So that is my choice. It has not changed. 39 years old, still a big fan of ROTJ. Beautiful. Well, that brings us to the end of the questions. Yeah, (laughs) so that was pretty fucking fun. It definitely uh, went way longer than I thought, but that just means you all did your fucking jobs, and and we kind of did too. I mean, you you laid up the questions. We answered them. We we went into some tangents on some. I I added my own questions to Nick on others. So this was pretty fantastic, and we'd like to keep it up. But it does require input from you, the fans. So if you're on IG, if you're on Facebook – Keep your eyes out for a graphic. It's a standard graphic. It's our logo essentially saying, ask us anything. That is your cue to start dropping comments. At this point, if you're listening, you're a diehard, and you actually listen to every minute of these shows, I'd even say go to StarWarsTime.net and use our contact form. Send us questions that way too. We'll take them any way you can get them to us. But I definitely enjoyed this. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. I guess we'll get the feedback on Instagram. But I think it was kind of fun. It was a great way to include the community, those of you that listen to us, and you kind of got a little more insights into who we are as Star Wars fans. And maybe we'll learn more about you as Star Wars fans as you continue to interact with us. And you can do that by going to StarWarsTime.net, hitting that subscribe to podcast link if you're on desktop, or the hamburger menu if on mobile. Right there you can find all of the platforms we syndicate to, and there are plenty. Trust me, yours is going to be on there. And if you like kind of watching equalizers go up and down, or pictures when we talk about images, you can always catch the show on YouTube, Star Wars Time Show. You can also get that on StarWarsTime.net. Sound good, people? All right, we love you. Don't forget to keep subbing. Keep rating, keep reviewing, keep commenting, keep liking. It helps us more than you could ever know. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. (laughs) 